father was a criminal and you wanted to become a criminal because you wanted to be like your dad. He treated being hard like a virtue. In my house, it was kind of like, a, you know, he did, he'd always say, you know, you're, you're too soft to be like your dad, but you're gonna have to try because you're gonna have to prove yourself all the time. So I, I'd go out and I'd, I'd break into people's houses and I'd, I'd rob people. In the middle of a world that is looking for a table, looking for a feast, looking for provision, your heavenly father has led you into the realm of God and you can pull up a chair and sit down and have feast and fellowship. Have you been born into a family that is a difficult situation and you can't get out of it? Well, our first guest is going to tell you his story. We want to welcome Donald to Miracles today. Donald, I was so struck by your family situation. I want to go right there. I want, I want to hear about your dad, your, your grandpa, and then what happened to you as a boy. Okay. Okay? Okay. Uh, well. Well, my grandfather, first off, my grandfather was a, was a gangster. I never, I never met him my whole life. He's been in uh, some prison in Texas. Um, my dad, my dad kind of carried on the family business. He had a day job, but really our income, the way we bought anything, the way we get anything was uh, he, he'd deal drugs, he'd, he'd tax local drug dealers. So that was your grandpa? My dad, actually. Your dad, okay. Now, now you, were, you were born in Hawaii? Mm -hmm. And now that was a problem. Explain, yes. explain that to me. Well, well, my dad, my dad is Hawaiian, and and white. Uh, what we call Haole. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I grew up in a in a Hawaiian homestead area, you know. And I look, I look like just a, you know, you just like a white boy. You look like a white guy. Yeah, yeah. White guy. So my dad told me since I was a young age, you know, he said you're gonna have to you're gonna have to prove yourself like practically every day. Yes. And uh, and he was kind of. He was, a, he was a really violent man and he believed strongly in being strong and, and being, you know, taking what you wanted because if you didn't, somebody else, somebody else would take it. He'd tell me that, uh, you know, the world's full of evil, dirty people just like him and he didn't think I was... He treated being hard like a virtue. In my house, it was kind of like, a, you know, he did, he'd always say, you know, you're, you're too soft to be like your dad, but you're going to have to try because you're going to have to prove yourself all the time. So. For a young age, he kind of—it's kind of like he brainwashed me. Um, he started me. He was a fighter when he was young. He was in the army for a little while, and he boxed there. So, from a young age, he had me boxing and fighting. I mean, and you're and and you're a baby. Yeah, yeah, I was a little I mean, kid. I was like in elementary school. And you're born into a family, and what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. And so you started training. Uh, I read in your story and becoming hard and. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I would, um, what I do is I'd, I could never tell him these things, you know, because of course his job as my dad would be to discipline me. And it, you know, he was pretty violent about it when I did wrong things. But, you know, he was my dad and I wanted, you know, you're a little kid, you want to be just like your dad. So what I'd do is I'd, um, I'd like, maybe I'd sneak out at night or from really young and, and I'd try to do things where, not where I'd tell him, you know, that I was doing these things, but just I wanted to feel like like I could have that same look in my eye like he had, you know, where I was really calloused and so, nothing bothered me. So you got me. into theft? And so I, I'd go out and I'd, I'd break into people's houses and I'd, I'd rob people and I'd, uh, I'd, start, I'd look for fights and, 
and I was really insecure and angry because of it. Like I couldn't, I never used to smile. I couldn't make eye contact with people. I was um, in elementary school, they put me in this counseling program. And then in middle school, they enrolled me in an anger management thing. And Well, tell me about the anger. I, um, I was, I, I think it all stemmed from just insecurity because I felt like I couldn't be good enough, which really in my house is be bad enough. Yeah. I, I felt like I couldn't measure up to my dad and you know the family and so uh, so I just I just felt real insecure and sometimes I couldn't even sleep at night because I'd feel so like sick with myself because of what I did that day to try to measure up you know and uh, well listen we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in a moment and and stay with us and we're gonna hear more about Donald's story. Welcome back to Miracles Today, and we're here with Donald. And, and Donald, when we left, we talked about being born into a family that you, you really couldn't do anything about. Um, your father was a criminal, and you wanted to become a criminal because you wanted to be like your dad. And we ended off at anger management and, and, and being you know, uh, involved in the criminal world. Now, what happened to you? that made you move all the way from Hawaii to Pensacola, Florida. I've got to hear this story. I, uh, no one in my family was saved. My grandma got saved, and she started taking me and my sister to church when yeah. we were like nine. Yeah. Um, I got saved. I got saved there at church. I had just a total experience with God. But I had no concept of grace or how any of that worked. So immediately, you know, go to school Monday morning, and I totally... You know, I'd cuss or something. I'd totally just be yeah. totally condemned, and it, it was over as far as I'm concerned. And uh, um, I just, I felt like I couldn't ever stay on the right track just because I wasn't taught. I didn't know anything about, you know, the grace of God and what the blood of Jesus paid for, you know? So I would always, you know, I'd pass by church when I was doing something wrong, and, you know, I'd see all that stuff. And, and I felt like that's who I was, God was where I was supposed to be. You know, it's what I wanted, but I felt like I couldn't live that life where I was. I mean, how could you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you weren't old enough even to make that kind of a decision. Like I, I'd go, you know, I'd go home and that wasn't safe. I'd go to school, of course, that wasn't safe. And there was nowhere. So I always, like in the back of my head when I was doing something wrong, I might be out totally strung out, totally high, and I, you know, I'd know, like we'd drive by a church or something, I'd be in the backseat of my friend's car, and I just, I knew one day, and I was relieved in the back of my head, I knew one day I was gonna serve God, you know? And uh, so, <laughs> so I grew up and I moved out. You know, my family broke apart, really, and I was on my own. And, and my fiance, we ran into my fiance's friend who's, who was a pastor's kid, and we started going to church there, and I got saved. Well, I got right again with God. Right. And, uh, and I, just, I just became so hungry. Like, I just, it wasn't a strict thing. It wasn't a religious thing. But it's, all I wanted to do was just pray and read the Word. If I wasn't at work, that's what I was doing. I was just, like, locked in my room. And, uh, and I went to my pastor, and I said, you know, I want to, I want more. And so he started telling me books that he's read and I would just yes. devour them. And, and I knew I needed to go to Bible school somewhere. I just felt it and you know, in my heart. Well, tell me what, well actually tell our partners and friends what has International Miracle Institute done for you? Well, I think first and foremost, the biggest thing it's done for me is uh, it's taught me that, that my, my family, my past experiences, um, even my thoughts, you know, when you first get saved, they don't determine who I am. Um, they call the, you know, the Word of God is, they call it a mirror, it reflects your true self. And, uh, and I learned here, where I never heard anywhere else that you take that, that tells you who you are. And if your mind or your heart doesn't want to line up, then you tell it the way it's supposed to be. 
that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And it, you know, it sounds like it's just a thing you rehearse, but I can tell you that it works. Um, it's changed my image on the inside. I can sleep with a clear conscience. I smile. I have no problem being in large groups of people, which I couldn't do before. Um, I'm not a violent man. You know, I have a wife and two kids. Um, two beautiful kids. Two, two little boys. And your yeah. little boy, we boys. call him Squishy because he's so <laughs> yeah, squishy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really, IMI's healed me, and I, I don't think I could have got this anywhere else. I've, I've been delivered from so many things that I, just, I thought I would have to live with forever. Like, I really thought it's who I was. Well, Donald, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Coming to Miracles today. And, and listen, stay, stay tuned with us because um, later on in the program, I'm going to uh, come back and tell you how you too can become an International Miracle Institute student. But right now, we're going to go to God's Prophet of Performance, Dr. Christian Harfouche. But do you remember the four lepers in the Bible? They're sitting there outside the city. There's death in the city. There's famine in the city. They're lepers. They go in the city, they will what? If they go to the enemy's camp, they will what? If they sit there, they will what? So the moment they got to the worst that could happen, Fear left. The moment they got this revelation, wait a minute, if we go in the city, we die. If we sit here, we die. And if, if we go to the enemy's camp, we die. So if we die, let's die. The moment they did that, they stepped into a harvest that blessed the nation. My God! See, and fear can't affect a dead man. And, it, and death can't scare someone who liveth forever. Now here's Jesus' testimony. I'm he that was, that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Fear doesn't scare Jesus. Death doesn't scare Jesus. And you're dead with Christ. And you're raised with Christ. And you're made to sit with Christ in the heavenly places. Can't scarce. So you're going to die. Well, I died already. You can't die by disease. You died by cross. You can't die by disease. Disease died by stripes. Are you here? You can't die poor. You already died poor. Once. On the cross, he became poor for us so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. Fearlessness. 
And seven, write this down. Correction and protection. Write that down. Correction and protection. That's wonderful. Thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. What does that mean? Well, I know. I know you have the ability to correct me. But I know you have the ability to defend me. There's no wolf that's going to come in and chew on me. Because you've got the ability to beat the wolf off. Come on. How many are glad? Write this one. You're going to love this one. Uh, uh, point number nine. Well, I told you. Correction and protect. Oh, eight. That's right. Feasting and fellowship. Write it down. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But if God prepares a table, you're not sitting at that table alone. If the Lord prepares the table, we're not sitting at that table alone. Truly, our fellowship is with the Lord. Come on. Come on now. Our fellowship is with the Spirit. Our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. When we sit at that table, we sit and have communion and fellowship. To, and it's the table of what? It's the table of God's world's provision in the middle of a natural world's lack. In the presence of my enemies. Are you here? He ain't talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb. There are no enemies there. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? Right here on earth in the middle of a world that is looking for a table, looking for a feast, looking for provision. Your heavenly Father has led you into the realm of God where there is no lack. And you can pull up a chair and sit down and have feast and fellowship with the king in the presence of your enemies. How could you do that? Well, he already told you, they shall fear no more. Should I stop? Feasting and fellowship. Isn't that powerful? We don't have time to touch on these. Just write them down, meditate on them. Because we need to go somewhere this week. Number nine, you're going to love anointing. Anointing. He'll anoint your head until you overflow. And ten, goodness and mercy will follow you. All the days of your life. How many days? All. How many days? All. See now, see, fear is always looking back. See if anybody back there. Because fear has no idea what's following you. Now I will not fear because surely goodness and mercy shall follow me or accompany me or go with me all the days of my life. Why? I'm already living in the world of God. Why? He's my shepherd. 
I, I'm living in his world. I'm living in his sphere. I'm living in his realm. Even though there are enemies, there shall be fear no more. I will fear no more. Even there, though there, is there are circumstances contradictory, there is a table of feasting and fellowship. And then goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. And, and the 11th point is eternal dwelling. Everybody say, I live in the house. See, now watch this. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Shout it again. Shout it one more time. Now watch this. Not I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever when I die. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever from now. So if I'm dwelling in the house now, then I got to know what kind of house it is. If it's a house with no sickness and a house with no sin and a house with no lack and a house with no need and a house with no fear and a house with victory and a house with blessing and I already live there. Hallelujah. I live in it. I live in that house. I live in the house of the Lord. And I'm going to keep on living in the house of the Lord forever. And, and that's what the Bible teaches. The word of God teaches that we've already been delivered from the power of darkness. Shout it. Darkness. Shout it one more time. Darkness. Now I want you to listen to me for a moment. The power of darkness is ignorance. That's all it is. Not whoo, the devil. Huh? Think about it. Not whoo, the devil, the devil. We gotta tear down the devil. We gotta bind up the devil. We gotta cast out the devil. The, let, let, me, let me just tell you this. The devil, the, the power of darkness is ignorance of the word of God. My people perish or are destroyed for ignorance. That's it. Why? Because there is no darkness when there is light. And the entrance of his word gives light. All you got to do. That's why he said, here's what I'm going to do. They'll feed you and you'll fear no more. That means the moment you get the word. And you got light. You don't have to fear darkness. Because it's not even in your sight. All you see is light. I'm going to show you that out of the word in a moment. If the Lord tells me. If not, we'll just go next session and talk about it. The moment you get the light. Darkness is powerless. Hallelujah. He can't bind you. He can't kill you. He can't stop you. When you make up your mind that your mind is made up, then there is no power on the planet that can undo the decision of the will that you have made. Come on. Hallelujah. It's really amazing when you see how this this young man at the beginning of the program, Donald, I mean, Christian, he, 
he came from such an amazingly um, difficult background yes. and to see how far he's come and what God has done in his life. I mean, awesome uh, to, to be raised up in uh, literally a criminal upbringing and be exposed to that sort of thing and then to see the power of God touch your life. And Donald receives the call of God on his life to come and be part, moving all the way from the islands, the South Pacific, Hawaii, really paradise, to come to Pensacola, Florida, to be trained and raised up by God. That in itself is a miracle. Uh, but when you, when you actually begin to uh, examine the situation and find out that uh, here is a young person growing up in the middle of this whole contradiction in life where he is uh, supposed to perform, prove his manhood, show that he's a tough, etc. And then he finds out that that's not where his identity lies. He discovers through an encounter with the power of God that the identity that is relative to him, spiritually speaking, is found in the word of the living God. And that his heavenly father, who is the highest source of love and compassion and the highest source of authority in his life, does not ask him to become something he's not. He actually imparts to him the very nature uh, uh, that he has. So uh, Donald becomes this wonderful, uh, studious um, uh, student, uh, uh, addicted to the Word of God, desires to learn more about who he is, and the subject of his heavenly identity becomes his reality. And in my opinion, uh, this is something that is missing in the church at large all over the world. I believe probably 98 plus percent of the body of Christ, we do not yet know who we are in Christ Jesus. But through the teachings of I am I, what happened to you and I and what happened to tens of thousands around the world is going to happen to, to hundreds of thousands and, and ultimately it's going to touch uh, the majority of the body of Christ. We are now believing God together with you for an army of miracle workers in order to step into that dimension of working of miracles in great faith, uh, discovering who you are in Christ Jesus. You are not a reject. You are not uh, a sinner. You are not insignificant. You're not unimportant. God has a special purpose for your life. God has a special destiny for your life. And the teachings of your heavenly identity will not only reveal the truth to you, inform, inform you of what the Word of God declares, but the spirit breath of, and the life of God itself will go into the recesses of your being and impact and affect an experience of the change that happened to you when you got saved. You'll never be the same. Don't you think so, Robin? Yeah, baby. I mean, it's it's amazing um, what God did, and then and then the Lord moved him all the way here from Hawaii. Now, just moving from Hawaii to to Pensacola to pursue His divine call within itself is a miracle. It just shows you, baby, that it doesn't matter, you know, where someone lives. We believe that there's no distance in the realm of the spirit. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. I mean, if you live in Hawaii, if you live in India, uh, if you live in Alaska, we've got students around the world. You can become an International Miracle Institute student. And when you do, 
you'll find out, like this beautiful young man found out, that his destiny was not locked up, that he didn't have to be like everyone else that he thought he had to be like, that his destiny was already foreordained by God. You need to make that call. Become one of our 400,000 International Miracle Institute students and join us again next time for more happy endings and new beginnings.